What's up, guys? Mike the Cop here, welcoming you to another edition of the Fantasy Baseball Police Podcast, presented by FantasyAssembly.com. Joining us today for today's show to cover the World Series champion Houston Astros, from Climbing Tiles Hill and the host of Talking Strohs on Sports Talk 790, Eric Heisman. Eric, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Listen, it's been about two and a half weeks since the Astros won the title. First, I want to say congratulations. And second, I want to say, as a Mariners fan, I have no idea what something like that would feel like. Maybe you could uh, help me out here and describe what it was like for you on November 1st when the Astros won it all. Well, it was kind of a boring game, actually, because the Astros had to lead the whole time. So there wasn't much drama like Game 5 and Game 2 of the World Series. And so we we all knew the outcome, and especially with Charlie Morton as locked in as he was, it was not even much of a challenge. And it looked like the Dodgers were done, and uh, I think they uh, tried to threaten, but they had no chance. But, uh, yeah, it was a big moment. Um People were all around Houston until 3 o'clock. People were going out to Academy, and there's a, like a, a three-hour line just to get the merchandise to buy. So you just say you're there to get the first uh, World Series uh, gear. And it was just an awesome moment. People were just driving by honking, and uh, it, it the buzz went on for the next few days. Like the next day, we had talking strobes, and uh, most of, we had everybody call in and say, what was this for? What did this mean for you after years of waiting? What what, what was it like for you? And we had nonstop um, off the phone ringing. Uh, just everybody wanted to show, share their stories, share um, their fandom, and it was just awesome experience. Um, it's still hard to believe. Um, I know my wife watches it every day, and she um, she like watches the quick play. And it was just a great series between two great teams, and the Astros aren't done. Yeah, it seems like it. Listen, when I was, I'm out here in New York and during the championship series, I remember watching those last two games thinking, thinking game six, the Yankees don't win it tonight. They're not going to win it. Is there one moment that stands out to you from the run where you thought to yourself, this is it? Like we're destined to win the whole thing? Well, I think game six was, um, it was a big letdown. And I think everybody uh, was like really disappointed after the game. And it just looked like the Dodgers had our number and, but then um, who knew that the next game uh, Lance McCullers would pitch the way he did and then Charlie Morton would come in and all the heroics. And it just it was just a great moment for baseball. And uh, I I think it was the best World Series I've ever watched. Granted, I haven't watched every one uh, in my years, but I've watched a few when the matchups are right. But it's just if you want drama, you got drama. If you want excitement, the Astros players are excited. And if you want to see Puig uh, licking the bats, you got that too. So, <laughs> but um, I think after Game Five is when I, I I've had a feeling that the Astros were going to win. I I knew that Game Six would be a letdown because they're going back to uh, Dodger Stadium. The Dodgers uh, people would say, "Hey, we need you to act more like the Astros fans. We need y'all to be loud. We need you to support your team a little bit better." Because the the first two games, the Dodger crowd was not in it, and uh, you could tell the game five that uh, game six that they they changed a little bit. But uh, the Astros just they had the better team, I think. I think the Dodgers um, will eventually probably once they add one more piece or so, they're they're gonna be a great team. But I just think the Astros were the best team. And they didn't have the best bullpen. And that kind of hurt us all series. And that's why you saw a lot of the starting pitchers become bullpen guys. So they made the last-minute deal for Verlander. And a lot of people don't remember this. When he was in Detroit to start the season, he went 10-8, and eight, had an ERA over four. 
was right. only striking out nine guys per nine innings, comes over to Houston, 5-0, and 34 innings, four runs, zero is at 2.69. He's striking out over 11 guys per nine, wins four games in the playoffs. They weren't going to be able to do this without Verlander, right? Right. And uh, before um, he even pitched his first game, I said that Verlander – or before the trade, I said that Verlander would be better than uh, Randy Johnson was. I just thought that he would be the much better player overall. We had him for the longer period of time, and there's just um, there's too much uh, going on uh, with him. But he just came over and he dominated. Uh, that's all you can say. Uh, I think he was six and zero or something in his first um, or nine and zero. I forgot what the exact thing was, but it was just domination. Yes, he did get roughed up a little bit in game six, but um, like I said, uh, the Dodgers kind of had a little momentum going back to Dodger Stadium. But, yeah, we wouldn't have won that World Series without uh, Justin Verlander. And like um, Alex Bregman said, we got him for two more years. That means two more World Series. It's, it could it could definitely be that. And before we leave 2017 to go into 2018, because I'm sure you could talk about 2017 all day, I want to mention Altuve eighth player ever to win the batting title, MVP, and the World Series in the same year. I can't even think of enough adjectives to talk about this guy. I'm sure you have a million of them. Jose Altuve, to you, what kind of year was this, did this mean? Uh, I know, uh, especially with you from uh, New York, I know a lot of people were complaining that Judge didn't win. And the bottom line was, yes, he had 52 homers. Yes, he had 114 RBIs. But in uh, July and August, he was not he was not the best player on the team. He was striking out too much. Uh, he batted, um, I want to say it was like one something in uh, in August. He was just struggling. And uh, and all on ESPN and all Sports Center, they're tracking how many home, how many strikeouts he had. And that's not MVP. That's um, luckily he kind of heated up in September and he kind of um, he got back up to 52 homers, but. Altuve was Altuve all year. He got off to a bad start. Uh, he was striking out at a, a, a crazy Altuve rate and uh, to begin the season, but then he started going back to what he did. Um, he's just he's one of the best players in baseball. He shouldn't be with his size, and I think that's why a lot of people don't really know who he is, but they know who he is now. He has uh, semi-power. He has great speed, even though he only stole 32 bases this year. But um, his OPS was awesome, and he just just his whole package, uh, like 346 batting average, 112 RBI, sorry runs, and he without the without Jose Altuve, this team would not be as good. Yes, I know we have Carlos Correa, but uh, he missed uh, what a month or something, and George Springer missed a month with um, his uh, hamstring issue. And so um, if you could say that. Altuve had all these stars here while Judge had Judge. And um, But uh, if Altuve wasn't there, I, then during those times when we didn't have him, you would have seen some big struggles. And uh, Altuve stepped up. He was the team leader. He was the vocal leader in the, uh, in the dugout. He sang. He danced. He did everything that the Astros do. And uh, that was a that it's a very high energetic team and it all comes from uh, Altuve's leadership. And I know this might not be a popular opinion here in New York, but to me, Jose Altuve and Aaron Judge are playing in two completely different leagues. Yeah. Judge, Judge, Judge should be happy to be in the same sentence with Altuve at this point right now, this early in his career. So I definitely think Altuve deserved it. But moving on for next year, I mean, I know you can't live in the past, even though you would like to. So, 
you lose Beltran to retirement, you lose Maben, you're still sitting there with maybe the best lineup in baseball, if not the best one of the best. So McCann and Gaddis, Curiel, Altuve, Correa, Bregman, Reddick, Springer, Marvin Gonzalez, the names go on, Derek Fisher, Jake Marisnik. So you still got those guys. I'm hearing Jonathan Lucroy for linked to the Astros a lot. Did you hear anything about that? Well, nothing official, but uh, I, I could see the interest in there. Yes, he's he's coming off a down year, um, but he could be a great number two catcher. And if he would, if he's willing to accept that role, then yeah, bring him in uh, because they've already said that uh, Gaddis is going to be go back to being an everyday DH. And uh, the only reason why they, he didn't do that last year was uh, they had Beltran, and Beltran couldn't play the outfield anymore, so uh, they had to have some place to bat Beltran. So, um, but you will still see Gaddis catching, especially on uh, when they play at National League parks. Uh, you will see him catching, get his bat in the lineup, and uh, matchups. The Astros are very big with matchups. So, um, but if the Astros like what they see in Lacroix, and and if he understands that. He's going to be the backup guy here behind McCann. Then yes, he would be a great fit. But another good thing about um, Lacroix is that he plays first base as well, and uh, he's basically the Astros type of player. You have Marvin Gonzalez who could play all over the diamond. You have Alex Bregman who could play shortstop and third base, and he could even play second base if he wanted to. Then you have Gurriel who could play first base and third base, and then you have Springer who could play basically any outfield position, and I guess everybody too. So it's just this team is so flexible. It's not. It's not – they're not set in any one position, and uh, that's why LaCroix would actually be a good fit on this team. Do we need him? No. If you don't uh, sign him, you're going to probably have Tyler White or A.J. Reed on the roster because you're going to need another infielder. Um, and Centeno and Stassi would be your catcher uh, if you don't sign a free agent guy. But uh, Luna uh, seems to like – what he has in the backup. So maybe Centeno does get the chance, but I know Stassi is out of options. And uh, unless they go out and get somebody, you're not going to get a big offensive boost from your backup catcher, but Stassi could surprise you. Yeah. And I always tell people don't sleep on Jonathan Lucroy. I was actually ranking my catchers last night and I had him around seventh, eighth best catcher. Granted he's getting 450 at bats, but that's almost seven or eight guys I had him ahead of McCann. I mean, he did hit 310 in Colorado. The only time he's ever really been down was with Texas the last year and a half. But other than that, he's been pretty solid through his whole career. So I think that would be, I mean, the rich get richer if you could grab him and make him the backup catcher. Moving over to the bullpen, I know it's a little shaky. I mean, I personally love Musgrove and Davinsky and Harris. I think all three guys are awesome. You lose Clippard, you lose Gregerson, you lose Liriano. You still got Giles in the back end. Now, they're going to need to sign at least one, maybe two more guys. I'm hearing Mike Miner, Brandon Kinsler. you hear anything about relief pitchers linked to the Astros? I think Mike Miner will fit very well. He's a left-handed pitcher, and uh, he had a good season last year, and he, he kind of fits what we need. And uh, we don't have to rely on the Francisco Lirianos of the world and the uh, Del Gustave, who can't throw strikes and uh sip is probably gonna be on the team just because he's contractually obligated to be there and um but i didn't put him on my roster here but uh somebody that we could look for is cnl 
Perez. He was um, a guy, they, a Cuban guy they signed last year, and he, uh, because of um, the voiding of the contract, he's automa- he has to be uh, put on the 40-man roster this offseason or else another team could claim in a Rule 5, five draft. So you could see him work his way into the bullpen as well. But um, I think uh, Peacock is going to be in the bullpen next year. He just, as good as he was as a starter, I just think that he's just – He's, he's just that much more reliable in the bullpen. And you saw that kind of in the playoffs. Um, he lasted, he started that one game and only lasted three innings. And then he became the reliever, and he was the person that we thought he was. But, yeah, we are going to have to go out and get maybe one or two guys. But I think we'll talk about Martez in a little bit. But Martez could, if he can adapt to being a reliever, uh, that that could be a dangerous issue. And uh, like Davinsky, like uh, Musgrove, um, Martez and Peacock, I guess, uh, they, they could be those long relievers. And that's what the Astros seem to be going to. Not necessarily a full tandem, rotate uh, like uh, where starter goes six, then you have a reliever go three innings. But that's I, I guarantee you that's um, kind of where the bullpen's going. Uh, you're going to have a lot more uh, multiple inning pitchers next year, like uh, Peacock. So, yes, I think they'll go, go out and get a lefty. A lot of people say go out, go out and get a closer, but uh, what do you could do with Giles? Um, Giles doesn't go, do good outside of the closer role, so I just think he had some yips in the playoffs, and uh, the Astros somehow uh, survived it. But uh, I think he still could be a closer in 2018. It kills me that you mentioned Peacock to the bullpen because he's probably my top three favorite pitchers to watch in baseball. I want to see him pitching as much as possible, starting as much as possible. So that hurts me a little bit. But you gave me a good setup for the transition to talk about the starting pitching. So Verlander, Keuchel, McCullers, Morton seems like that's a given for one through four, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sitting there with five, and you're looking at McHugh, Fires. I mean I, – I'm pretty sure Fires will be um, let go. I, I don't see any role for him on this team. I think they'll um, – non-tender him. I think that's the proper term if, if they can, but they'll, they'll find a way to get rid of Mike, Mike Fires, uh, just cause he had that blow up at the end of the season against the Yankees. I want to say it was, um, in the regular season. So I just, I don't see, no, it was a Ranger, Rangers. I just don't see fires back. We don't need him. Uh, he was good in that time. We need him in 2014 or 2000. Yeah. 2014, 2015. But he's just not the same pitcher, and maybe he needs to change the scenery because he's just not the same. But yeah, I have. Um, I still think they'll they'll start Dallas Keuchel over Verlander opening day, just because they want to uh, try to extend him with the opening day day starts. So I think you'll see Keuchel, but it really doesn't matter. They're both ones, and uh, Lance McCullers is a good two, and the uh, playoff Charlie Morton, he's almost a two. Uh, when he's on, he's on, and um, so it's just a matter of um, I think playing at Yankee Stadium that one game. I think it was Game Three of the ALCS. He just uh, he had a lot of bad luck. Take away the stats from that game, and he was probably the best pitcher in the playoffs for the Astros. I agree, and I, something I always say about Charlie Morton, and it sounds ridiculous. Even my friends tell me it's ridiculous when I bring this up, but he's a guy whose stuff is almost too nasty that. It goes away from the strike zone, and that hurts him. That his stuff is right. almost too good. So it seems like he kind of found a good medium for that in the playoffs. So hopefully he can stick to that. But like you said, with McHugh at the five, and you have Keuchel, Verlander, McCullers, Mort McHugh, 
You're not going to find any better rotations than MLB than that. You're not going to find any lineups yeah, that much better than what they got going. The relief pitching is a little shaky, but they still got – I mean, I love Musgrove, like I said. Harris is solid as could be. Davinsky's got the great stuff. Giles at the back end, great regular season closer. So anything they add from this point on, if they don't add anything, they'll be all right. And if they add anything, it's just in addition to what they already have that's great. So I think next year will be a really good year, obviously, for the Astros again and maybe even the year after that and the year after that. One guy I wanted to speak on was Alex Bregman, who's another one of my favorite players. He's coming off a season where he went 284 in 1971, 24 years old, hit four homers in the postseason. I think it was off three of the best pitchers in baseball, Chris Sale, Clayton Kershaw. I forgot who the other one was, maybe Severino, I'm not sure. But what's his ceiling? Because obviously the best is yet to come. I mean, can you guarantee pretty much 2020 for this guy this season? Um, I'm not sure about the 20 steals. Uh, he's got some speed, but um, he can definitely hit 20, 25 homers. Uh, he's he's a I think he's the Astros' most clutch um, hitter uh, outside of Altuve um, and Correa. But it just he he just he's co- he's cocky, and I've met him a few times, and he's just like he uh, he didn't understand that that he's supposed to struggle versus Chris Sale. He didn't understand he's supposed to struggle versus Clayton Kershaw just because he, he thinks he's so good. And uh, you need those type players on your team. And uh, that's why I'm glad we didn't trade it, trade him for Chris Sale like everybody wanted to. And um, that's why I'm glad we didn't give up on him after his bad start in 2016 and his bad start to this season because people are calling for him to be benched um, early in uh, 2017. And if he was benched, he would have lost his confidence and he would wouldn't have been that player he was in the uh, championship. So, yes, uh, I think that his batting average will actually go up. I still think he's trying to learn the league a little bit. and But I don't expect to see him um, maybe hit 40 home runs, but he'll probably hit uh, 20, 25, something like that. But, yeah, uh, I, I looked at some rankings, early rankings, and he's, he's shooting up uh, top 30 uh, from what I see. So the 25 homers is something my fantasy listeners definitely – Love to hear. I actually put up a poll on Twitter yesterday or the day before. I'm not sure if you caught it. It said, who would you rather have next year, Justin Turner or Alex Bregman on your fantasy team? And Alex Bregman actually, surprisingly to me, won the vote. I think he had 53% of the votes. So it shows you people are taking notice of what Alex Bregman did in the postseason. And he's definitely definitely a guy that everyone's going to be expecting a lot from. Another guy that I'm not. I know you're a big Astros guy, and you might not like me saying this, but I was pretty down on Marwin Gonzalez all year, just waiting for the reduction in numbers to come, waiting, waiting, waiting for the regression. Honestly, it really never came. His second half, there was less power. He only had seven homers in the second half. He had 16 in the first. The RBIs went down. His BABIP was, I think, 343, and he hit 303 on the season. I expect regression from Marwin in 2018. Do you? Yeah, I think so too, and I think you're, he's going to see a lot less playing time, especially if um, if Gaddis is going to be an everyday DH, and if they go out and I don't think they're going to do this, but um, if they go out and get a Jay Bruce type of player, uh, I still or a Sten player, like I know um, Jim Crane said that he might be, uh, they wouldn't rule out trading for Mike Stanton, but that's a lot of contract and. Uh, I was going to mention this earlier, but you're going to see a lot of players wanting to come to Houston because this team is set to win for not just next year, the next three or four years. And um, the problem is the Astros don't have 
the funds to keep all their players and then add like a stand with them. Um, with his contract. So you're going to see uh, the uh, supply, the demand being higher than the supply for the Astros sal uh, salary. So, um, but yeah, I think to ask Marvin Gonzalez to be the everyday left fielder, that's too much. He made some great plays uh, during the playoffs. Uh, his bat wasn't the same in playoffs and it goes back to his slump in the second half, but uh, he's still, uh, I still think that he's broken out with the power stick. He'll still hit some homers. Uh, will he have that high batting average anymore? I'm not sure. But, yeah, I expect a regression down from Marwin in uh, 2018, and I, I don't see him playing as much as he did this year. And like you said, with all these guys, they're going to have to find that bats for pretty much everybody, especially if they bring in another catcher. And then you still got to find that bats for Fisher and Marisnik and whoever else. So somebody's going to have to take the brunt of that and – I, Marwin's pretty much the only logical choice here. Maybe Reddick against lefties, but we'll see what happens with that. And one more guy I wanted to talk about for as far as fantasy value goes was who you mentioned before, Francis Martes. Listen, he's 22 years old. He had a rough time in AAA in 32 innings pitch. His year is a 5-2. Comes over the majors, pitches 54 innings last year. His year was a 5-8. He hasn't shown it in the big leagues, but in AA and before that, he was cruising through the farm system. Can you expect anything of value from Francis Martes next year, or you think it's going to be a little further down the road? Well, in the rotation, there's really not much room. Uh, I think they would put uh, someone like Peacock back in the rotation before Martez, but Martez could light things up in spring training, and when he's on, he's probably the most dominating pitcher on the staff, and that's ahead of um, Verlander. But he's, he's just got that good of stuff. It's just – he, he struggles with uh, command. He can't get the ball where he wants it to go, and sometimes it looks like he's not really giving his full effort. But he, he's, he was just a rookie, and so I expect um, I expected some struggles this year. But there's a few games. I think there's one start where he went five innings, then he went back down to the minor leagues. And then uh, later on in the year, I think he had a three-inning appearance in the bullpen, and uh, he looked unhittable, and I think he struck out like all all the batters he faced in those three innings. And uh, when he's on, he's on. But when he's just he can't find the the right grip or the right delivery, uh, he he can be hit around because um, the the faster you throw, the faster they go out if you don't get it to the right spot. So um, I think Martez will find a spot in the bullpen this year. Um, Maybe Colin McHugh, if Martez impresses in spring training, maybe McHugh goes to the bullpen and he's one of those long relievers types, and Martez gets the fifth starter role. So it depends on spring training. Uh, if you said keep your eye on earlier with, uh, I think it was, um, no, you said somebody, but um, definitely Martez. What happens with Martez from this point on will be very big because he's the Astros' top prospect um, for a while, and um, – I think his role will probably be in the bullpen, but he could impress in spring training and earn a spot on the uh, the uh, five-man rotation. Interesting. So last week I had a guy who covers the Marlins on, and we were looking at their farm system. And you would think for a team that hasn't made the playoffs since I think it was 2003, their farm system would be decent. Was I wrong? They have one of the worst farm systems in MLB. Now you go to the Astros, who you would think all their guys are already here, and their farm system would be bad. And I was wrong again because this farm system's insane. You start off with Kyle Tucker, who played in the Arizona Foley game yesterday, went two for four. He's ranked number seven. He's 20 years old, left-handed bat in double-A. Forrest Whitley, 20-year-old, right-hand pitcher in double-A. 
J.B. Bukowskis, 21 years old, who could possibly be the future closer. A guy that intrigues me a lot is Jordan Alvarez, who they got in the Josh Fields trade from the Dodgers. I keep going. Colin Moran, I mean, most people know about now. He's 25 years old, but he's a 308 hitter in AAA. David Paulino is throwing from the right side, 23 years old in AAA. This farm system is unbelievable, actually. Besides Tucker, I mean, you would assume Tucker would be up this year, right? Is that safe to say? Uh, he may get a September call-up, but yeah. I don't, I, unless there's some major injuries, um, you're not going to really see him this year. He'll probably um, he'll probably go up to AAA, and he could be a mid-season, depending on need. And um, but they don't want to start his clock too soon because um, we're already having so many players that we're going to have to sign eventually. But uh, they may wait a little bit. But Alvarez. Um, Yes, he is the real deal. Uh, this could be another Bagwell for Larry Anderson type trade where uh, it pays off down the road. And um, he's a, uh, I think uh, Lunau wanted to trade for him, I mean, to sign him, but he didn't have the, um, the space to since he went over the, uh, the cap. So this was just a way for him to add another international player. Uh, via trade. So, uh, yes, that was, that's going to be one of the uh, key p- players. And when we made that Verlander trade, uh, all of Houston rejoiced when they didn't trade Martez, Tucker, and Alvarez to make that deal done. They gave up some great players. Franklin um, Perez, I think, was one of the people who's traded to the Yankees. Um, no, not the Yankees, the Tigers. Um, he's going to be good. So it was um, Dallas Cameron, and I forgot the other. Oh, it was a catcher. Uh, uh, Rogers, uh, something Rogers. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that, um, I think that our, 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 uh, minor league is very stacked right now and it's set up for one more big trade. And, uh, that's why the Astros, Astros actually look good in the Stanton, uh, race because they do have the talent. They don't need players for, the foreseeable future, so they can trade some of the players. But it would take somebody like Kyle Tucker in order to make this deal, get this deal done, and uh, you're going to have to take on most of the contract. And I was telling my wife yesterday that Stanton is signed till 2027 with the option year for 2028. I'm like, that's just crazy to even think about. So, uh, mm-hmm. But uh, to answer your Seattle Mariners question, um, they've led the league in making trades. And I kind of relate them to the Houston Rockets. They keep on trying to win now versus trying to accumulate the talent for later. And so they keep on finishing around 500, and they're they're never going to do like the Astros did. And the Yankees, even as good as they did this year, they didn't bottom out. They didn't uh, get – but they can afford to go buy the players that the Astros couldn't. So, uh, yeah, so the Mariners are always a scary team, but uh, they're getting old. Robinson Cano, it's just it's struggle. But, yeah, the Astros farm system is um, – and we got four players who uh, could be claimed on the Rule 5 draft. Um, I think the deadline is tomorrow is at them. But one of the players who might go is Jason Martin. He's a um, – He's a young guy. I think he reached double A last year, but he's a power and a stolen base guy. And uh, you could also see somebody like uh, Dean Dietz uh, being claimed by another team. So the Astros have to add CNL Press, but uh, it's be curious to see who they who else they add tomorrow. Yeah, it will be. And like, I mean, the theme of the show pretty much has been the rich are getting richer because the best maybe not yet to come for the Astros. 
And it's scary to think that these guys that are already here are going to just get even better. So before we sign off here, some expectations coming into this season, you fully expect them to defend, right, to repeat? Yeah, I, I knew that they would win the World Series 2017, and uh, I, there's no doubt this year. Uh, just They're just that good a team. They, um, they're built. Uh, they're, they've got Justin Verlander for two more years, like I said. This team is just built to win. And as the, the thing that we're going to have to watch out for is the health of the starting rotation. Because if Lamps McCullers uh, gets hurt as much as he did last this year and Dallas Keuchel struggle with the neck thing again, that could be a big issue. But we have the talent, like Martez could jump into the rotation. Musgrove could jump back into rotation, even though he's a better reliever. So, yeah, uh, the Astros have the depth to uh, absorb some injuries, but we can't lose the big three. Or I guess let's say the big four now with Bregman included. Yeah, I mean, it must feel pretty good that it's either championship or bust now because for so long it wasn't. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's not many teams that could really compete with them, let alone beat them. So I don't know if they're the Vegas odds-on favorite right now. If they're not, they're either one, two, or three. So we'll see what happens with that. Listen, Eric, really appreciate you coming on the show. Everybody listening, go on Twitter. Follow Eric at Eric underscore CTH. Follow the Climbing Towels Hills Twitter Climbing Tal's Hill Twitter at Astros CTH. Before you go, anything you want to say, Eric? Uh, no, that's about it. I'm just excited for this offseason and um, curious to see how far they go, how far they decide to raise the payroll because this team is set to win now. Anything else would be a piece, uh, just adding an extra layer icing to the cake. Yeah, it should be interesting to see. All right, signing off, Mike the Cop. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, MikeTH3Cop, on fantasyassembly.com. Thanks, everybody.